0: This is the Heartland Community Church Podcast. Today, Teaching Pastor Steve Carter presents Part 4, the wrap-up of the series titled, Life in the Dumpster Fire. Hey, Heartland, Steve Carter here. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope you had a festive, amazing turkey day, watching a little bit of football, having some good sleep on the couch, and just celebrating all of what God has given to you in this season. I am especially thankful uh, for this church, for this community, for the chance to gather together, celebrate, and lift up Allulia, dive into God's word, and just be a part of an incredible church called Heartland. Hey, I, I don't know if you remember this. When I was a kid, I loved boxing. I mean, I grew up in, in, the, in the realm of like Mike Tyson's punch out. But I gotta tell you, probably my favorite boxer was Evander Holyfield, you remember Evander? He, he had those awesome red shorts. Then he had on the top buckle like of his shorts, the waistband, it said Philippians 4.13, which simply says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. And I remember that was such a powerful verse as a kid. I can do all things. and I remember I, I would listen to that, that verse and, and I would think, oh, I, I could get a good grade. Or I can make the basketball team. There's so many things that I can do because Christ gives me strength. And, And oftentimes what I would do is I'd take that verse and apply it to my context. Completely unaware of the dumpster fire that Paul was living in and completely unaware of the context at which he was writing this passage. Today, I want to teach you what that passage was all about. I wanna teach you from God's word how you can live well in the midst of a dumpster fire. If you have a Bible, turn with me to chapter four, the book of Philippians, verse four, and this is this, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Or if you remember in week two, lift up alleluia. We gotta be the kind of people who can praise the Lord in every and any situation or circumstance. But then look what it says in verse five. Let your gentleness be evident to all. If you're gonna be gentle to others, it often begins with you learning how to be gentle with yourself, being kind to yourself, recognizing that you are a work in progress, you have not arrived, you are still being shaped and formed, and so is every other person that you encounter. And then it says this, for the Lord is near Do not be anxious about anything. And you know what anxiety is? It's when it turns our peace into pieces. We go from the sense of being one into all of these fractured pieces that we can't manage. And Paul's writing, in the middle of a dumpster fire, the Lord's near, and because the Lord is near, you don't have to be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer, and that's just constant conversation with the divine, and petition. This is you bringing what's going on in your heart. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Be the kind of person in any situation to never stop rejoicing or recognizing that the Lord is near. And because the Lord is near, your peace doesn't have to be turned into pieces. And whatever you are holding onto, you have a place to bring it. And you can petition God. You can ask God with thanksgiving in your heart because you trust God is at work in you. And God is at work around you. And it continues. And the peace of God, and I love this idea, peace. In Hebrew, it's the word shalom. It's this un- understanding of heaven invading right now. It's like all of God's goodness, all of heaven's goodness invading this moment. The peace of God really is that moment where you can just, you can exhale because you know that God's near. You know that God is with you. You know that God is for you. You know that God is fighting on your behalf. And that peace of God which is available to you, which is available to me, which transcends all understanding. I mean, literally we can try and talk about with the peace of God, but you know it when you have felt it. When against all odds, you were able to exhale and you were like, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> I'm going to be okay which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. This is what Paul held on to. Again, it's so easy to forget, but in prison, he holds on to this, but he constantly is going back to what is his mind set going to be? What is his perspective going to be? And he's like, okay, I'm gonna rejoice. The Lord's near. I'm not gonna be anxious. I'm gonna just bring everything that's going on in my life with thanksgiving, through prayer, through petition before God, and I'm gonna trust like it's happened before that the shalom, that heaven's peace is gonna come invade right here and right now. But then he says these words. He says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, like whatever is true, whatever is God's truth, whatever is noble, whatever is like worthy of valor, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or worthy of praise, think about such things. Again, this is what he's talking about. Don't allow yourself to drift from the right focus. And I'll tell you what, you know what Twitter is not? Twitter is not always true. Twitter is not always noble. Twitter is not always right. Twitter is definitely not always pure. Twitter is definitely not always lovely. But so often, we allow these things to kind of take up real estate in our head, in our heart, and you know what it does? It creates more worry. It creates more anxiety. It creates more fear. It creates more distrust. And what Paul's saying is even in the midst of a dumpster fire, even in the midst of prison cell, I gotta think about the things that are true. In this day and age and in this time, what are you filling your mind with? I mean, I bet as you sat around the table and you had moments where you were giving thanks to God or you were thanking people in your family for who they are, there was a moment Maybe as you were tasting the mashed potatoes or stuffing, there was just a moment where you're like, this is so good. But underneath that, there was something in the environment where you're like, this feels right. It's not anything that you can kind of point to. You just know it in your being, this is good. And we've all had experiences at a table. We've all had experiences and moments in our family where we're like, this isn't the way it's supposed to be but it's our decision, our choice on what we choose to focus in on. But Paul takes it even farther, and he takes it even farther because this is where he's gonna need the strength. This is what he's gonna have to rely on, Christ's strength. Look what he says in verse 10. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it but look at verse 11. This is it. He says this. I'm not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this, through him who gives me strength. See, when Paul's saying, I can do this, all this, through him who gives me strength, he's not talking about entering into a boxing fight. He's not talking about just trying to do well on the basketball court. What he's talking about is the secret of contentment, the secret of being content in every situation. The idea of content is really two words. It's shalom, it's peace, but it's the idea of being satisfied. And because you have this satisfaction, this sense of being satisfied, you have the sense of feeling okay. And so what Paul's saying is, I've learned the secret of having this satisfying shalom in all situations because of Christ's strength in me. And this isn't just some idea that Paul's like, oh yeah, I know how to be content. He goes, I, no, I've experienced, I've experienced so much. I mean, you get to 2 Corinthians. I don't know if you've ever seen this. I think it's amazing because what Paul's gonna boast about is not all of his accomplishments, which that's what we're so good at doing. We're so good at centering conversations to kind of, kind of brag about our success or who we know. But Paul's like, you, <laughs> you wanna know about me? Let me tell you about my brokenness. You want to know about me? Let me tell you about my weakness. You want to know about me? Let me tell you about my sufferings. You want to know about me? Let me tell you how close I was just to not finishing. And he says these words. that I think it's so beautiful. He says this. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Because again, back then, you were your tribe. You were your lineage. You were your race. And he goes, are they servants of Christ? And then he says these words, I am out of my mind to talk like this, for I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again, five times. I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one five times. And literally what this was, it was like this rod. It was connected to all these leather kind of straps and connected to it were glass shards. And that means they would hit and they would basically, that whip would then go on Paul's back and they would pull. Five times he experienced 40 lashes minus one. Five times 39, that's what he got. And I sometimes wonder, did the enemy just go, oh man, this next time Paul's just gonna give up? Five times, this is what he experienced. And continues on. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. This is what they would do, is they'd throw you off a cliff and then you'd be below probably 12 to 15 feet and then everyone would pick up massive rocks and boulders and start to chuck it at you. I mean, people wanted this man dead, This man didn't just live in a dumpster fire called prison. This man, everywhere he went, a riot happened. It says this, three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored. I have toiled and have gone often without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked a little too much information? Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. So who is weak? And I do not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. For if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. Why do I tell you all this? Because again, Paul experienced suffering. And that suffering shaped and formed in him the secret of contentment. Ah, I could read you stories of what all that Paul experienced and all of the good and the glory because of his, his race, his tribe, his kind of uh, prestige, his learning, and who he studied with. But he also experienced so much suffering. And I've come to realize that there is this, almost this three kind of form process of discipleship, and and it often starts with a simple phrase, like the secret of contentment. Doesn't that sound nice? Don't you just want the secret of contentment? I mean, that's straight from Philippians four. I want the secret of contentment. It's really good for Twitter. I could tweet it out, and I could talk about how I've discovered the secret of contentment. Or let's say Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Him who gives me strength. Like I can do all things. It's beautiful for Twitter. It's a very simple phrase. But then all of a sudden, it goes through the struggle. It goes through suffering. It goes through job loss. It goes through abandonment. It goes through moments where you have no idea what your purpose or meaning is. It goes through just the fight and the struggle And life doing what life does, trying to hold your story in check. And you have to ask yourself, does this verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, does it hold up in the fire? Does it hold up in the dumpster? Does it hold up in this moment? And the truth be told, when you discover, as Paul has, the secret of that satisfying shalom in all situations because of the strength of Christ at work in me, that simple phrase has gone through the struggle, now becomes sacred. See, Paul wasn't just throwing out Philippians 4.13. as some nice little phrase. He was saying it as someone who had been shipwrecked. He was saying it as someone who had felt the pain of suffering. He was saying it as someone who had experienced loss and someone who had experienced so much blessing. I I was talking with a a mentor of mine. He reminded me of a quote from Dallas Willard. And Dallas once told him, he said, hey, John, you need to arrange your days in such a way that you are experiencing deep levels of confidence, joy, and contentment in your everyday walk with the Lord. This is what Paul had. Paul had, this is what literally the secret of satisfying shalom, the secret of contentment is. You have this confidence that the Lord is near and because the Lord is near, I can rejoice. Because the Lord is near, I, I don't have to be anxious. I'm not going to let my shalom, my peace, be turned into pieces because the Lord's near. I can offer things up. And even in the midst of the unknown, unprecedented, uncertain times, I'm going to think about the right things, the pure things, the good things, the admirable things, the things that are worthy of praise, the most excellent of things. And even in moments that are awesome and even in moments that are completely unexpected and painful, I know. I know because it's not a simple phrase, but it is held up in the struggle and in the suffering. I got, a, I got a sacred phrase. And the more of these that we can collect along the way, the more that we are shaped and formed into likeness. But too often, many of us, we just hold these simple verses and then life happens. Suffering comes. The struggle takes place and we don't lean into it And so what we often do is we just kind of try to run away from it and we miss out on the secret of contentment. We miss out on what can be shaped and formed and we miss out on our faith moving to a sacred and holy next level. Let me just be really, really candid with you. A couple years ago, I went through one of the most difficult times of my life. I can tell you that there was Feelings of betrayal, I could tell you that people that I loved and trusted let me down. I, I, could t- I could tell you story after story of how I didn't see what took place taking place. I could tell you for a couple of years how I've tried to pick up the pieces of what happened, replaying it in my mind, like, how did this happen? Now, why, why were these decisions made? I kept just trying to think about it. And then I serve on the board of urban youth workers. I am the chair of the board. All across the country, there are these amazing urban youth pastors. I had the privilege to sit down, and some of them had known my story. They started asking me questions. And these, these are youth pastors who are serving in Oakland, on the south side of Chicago, difficult streets in Milwaukee. I mean, I, I'm talking about these youth leaders who are working on nickels and dimes to try and occupy the streets and see Christ's name glorified. And I start having this conversation with these amazing leaders, and they're in their 20s, they're in their 30s, and I'm sharing with these women and men just about my experience, and they're asking good questions, and I get to this point where I say to them, man, I know Paul says I can do all things, the Christ who gives me strength, but man, I didn't see this coming. And life just knocked me down. It was an, an uppercut that I didn't see coming. And I'll never forget this, this one woman, amazing, amazing youth leader, she kind of looked at me and she said, wait, 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 how old are you? I was like, uh, 40, 40, uh, she's like 40 huh, and this is the first time life has ever unexpectedly knocked you out? And I was like, well, I mean, a little bit, yeah. And she kind of, in the most kind and gracious and pastoral in another little like Christian uppercut way, she looked at me and she goes, wow, first time you've ever been betrayed by someone. First time you've ever been let down by someone. You ever, first time someone said that they were going to do something and they didn't follow through. Some, some time that your character was kind of assaulted. Some, some, first time. and I was kind of like, yeah. And she said, that's been my life. That's been my experience as a person of color trying to lead in the streets. And then you know what I did in the most like, bizarre way. I just said, so what should I do? And she said, Steve, you are facing the gift and the art of suffering. And it's through the beautiful struggle of suffering that when you open yourself up, you can become something so much greater for the kingdom of God. I mean, think about Jesus, the greatest statement he ever made when he was at his weakest on a cross for you and for me. I mean, Paul saying, if I'm gonna boast about anything, I'm gonna boast about my weakness. Why? Because it's in those weak moments where we remove all of the scaffolding that tells us we're okay and we've got to depend on the Lord being near, we've got to depend on that thing that transcends all understanding, which is the peace of God. And somehow, 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 I don't understand how it works. The secret of the satisfying shalom rushes in, shaping us and forming us in all situations that we can do anything, we can go through anything, we can withstand anything because of Christ's strength at work in us. For some of you, you might be, and I was with a small group recently, and someone was just talking about all of the medical struggles that they were facing, and they would talk about how the Lord felt so close. Simple statement, but in the midst of the struggle and now become profoundly sacred. For some of you, you're experiencing job loss and the unemployment rate in Rockford, it's growing. And yet somehow in this time, you're watching the church be the church and they're sharing with you, and they're praying for you, and they're walking with you, and somehow this idea of church was a simple phrase, but in the midst of the struggle has become more needed, more necessary, more holy, more sacred than any time before. And this is the process of discipleship. So wherever you are, whatever moment you're in, may you open yourself up to not just simple phrases, but even to the dumpster fires, to the suffering, to the struggle, so that God can take your faith to an entirely holy and sacred next level. Let's pray. God, thank you for what you are stirring in this series. Thank you for how you are working. Thank you for examples like Paul, who understood the secret of satisfying shalom in every and all situations because of your strength at work in him, your strength available at every moment. And God, I pray that we as Heartlanders can lean into that strength, lean into the secret of contentment because we live in a world that doesn't want to be content. We want to covet and crave what other people have. We haven't learned how to arrange our days in such a way that we are experiencing the deepest levels of contentment, confidence and joy in our everyday walk with you. And I want that for every single one of us. Help us, God. Help us. We need you. We need you. Make our faith sacred, not simple. Make our faith being able to withstand the suffering and the struggle of life so that we can tell a wildly better story about your goodness. We love you, God. It's your name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to teaching pastor Steve Carter with part four of Life in the Dumpster Fire. You can experience the service this message came from by going to heartland.cc and clicking on the watch page or go to our YouTube channel at Heartland CC Rockford or you can also watch it on the Heartland CC app. Thanks for listening.